0: I think a big part that you're all going to get stuck in as you're trying to juggle multiple things is again if you're trying to do it all yourself it's very hard to build them as successfully so either one's going to get your attention more than the other or you need help welcome to the product boss podcast where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue generating
1: successful happy product bosses I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlo Sitep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely
0: out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room
1: at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I am so excited. Do you want to know why? Because this September, HubSpot is having its annual inbound conference. You know that we are so proud to be part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. This September 5th through the 8th, HubSpot is hosting its annual inbound conference in Boston. They're bringing together so many amazing leaders across business. I'm talking sales, marketing, customer success, operations, and more. It sounds like such a great time because it will be you're going to be wowed by the speakers. There's going to be dozens of them, but there's also going to be speakers like Reese Witherspoon and Derek Jeter. I mean, talk about wow, right? This conference is the place to be for business leaders who want to learn about the best sales strategies, marketing tactics, and strategies for growth. If you want to know how to scale your business in a sustainable way, Inbound is the place to be this September. So I love that it's both entertaining and educational, so you can have fun, but also walk away feeling like you've learned something. Plus, it's a great way in time to connect with other business leaders, business owners, and network and make some friends as well. So 100%, these tickets are going to sell out crazy fast. So visit inbound.com to get your ticket today. Well, hey,
0: biz besties, welcome back. Jacqueline Amina here, and we are here to help you get more eyes on your business, improve your systems, and keep more money in your pocket, and double your revenue by adding on revenue streams to your product business. And that is why we show up twice a week for you here on the podcast to really help you navigate it all.
1: Yes. And we're doing a really fun series which actually we forgot to say that we've been doing this fun series, which is this Ask Us Anything series. Um, The last time we did this, it was um, a few questions like, what's it like being the breadwinner of your family? Um, How do you manage motherhood um, while you're managing business? Today is kind of a similar topic in a few ways in that how do you manage multiple businesses? So multipreneurship is what we're calling it. And we're going to chat about that today.
0: Yeah. So the Ask Us Anything question that came in from a multi-stream machine student today was, we help you... um, Oh, nope. I lost that question. Hold on. Where did I put it? It was, you ladies have managed multiple businesses at once. Could you give us some advice, best practices, et cetera, for successfully running two different businesses at one time? Um, In her case, she's selling Shopify, Etsy,
1: and the others wholesale through Fair.
0: So it sounds to me like she sells two different product ranges or something. Yes, she
1: does. Um, it, because we know her, she's an, a, a student of ours. I do know that she sells two different products that are not connected to each other. So okay. it's not like she's selling a multiple platform. She's selling a multiple platforms across two different products. And so she has like two different ventures, two different businesses.
0: Yes. So this is a great question. Now, if any of you out there, cause we know, a lot of us are kind of like that squirrel brain and we're like, we should do that. Oh, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. Um, I actually am currently concocting an idea in my brain that's a product business um, for my husband. So it's definitely a challenge, um, to say the least, or or a way that you really have to get very good at your time and time management. Yeah. Um, so I think one of my tips initially, and in, you know, when Mina and I started the product boss, our main business is little labels for Mina, designer consulting co-op for me they were four days a week and we had done one day to put in, it was Fridays for the product boss. We're like, Fridays is the day we don't do our other work. This is the day we're going to pour into this specific company.
1: Yeah. I would say that that's my best tip too, just because we, that's the way we did it. We designated certain days that went to certain businesses. So we wouldn't have to flip flop back and forth in our like mental load Um, and, um, the output that was done for the day was for a specific business. We were able to get into that flow, that train of thought. And it was like, okay, for most of the week, you know, at that time it was like four days a week. And I think it was, I can't remember if it was Mondays or Fridays, but, um, that's how long ago it was, um, (laughs) that we were like, Hey, this is the product boss day. And that was the day we knew to come back over and over repeatedly and work on the business. So there was a consistency in that because we designated the days that were, were for each business.
0: Yeah. I'll say though, um, when I had... Because I I I've I guess I really like being busy, which is a problem that we can talk about in another episode. Because uh, when it feels easy, I'm like, let's complicate it. But um, I had designer consulting co-op and Cuff's Couture and actually Lily Mark, which is a dress line that I had. I actually ended up selling the trademark, which I made more money on the trademark than I did on the actual products but I had Cuff's Couture and DCC. And that part was a juggle. So what I actually ended up doing is I really time blocked my week. So I knew when I was checking emails in the morning, but then for example, either an entire day would be dedicated to my product business and then the rest were like client facing and with designer consulting co-op, or I would do like afternoons or this, mornings or this. I will say though, especially if you're trying to juggle multiple businesses, if there is a team member that you could potentially add to help you with some sort of like either medial task of like checking emails, getting back to things, um, you know, little things like that, that they could help move a ball forward for you as you're balancing the both businesses. I think that would be really helpful. But a lot of it is going to end up being time blocking and timing for you Mm -hmm. and when you spend time on each business.
1: And proactively planning, I think. You know, when I, um, I've always had multiple clients. A lot of times I was doing multiple things. Like when I was doing events, I was also doing graphic design. I was also doing, you know, so many different things. I feel like I'm true, like multipreneur, just like many of you are. And so I think that taking the idea of possibility Um, when I had multiple clients, I had a file folder, something I could tangibly see that I would have their clients, the client's name on each one of the file folders. And when, and then I would have like the log of the things I was doing for that client um, inside that file folder. When we first started doing the product boss and low labels, I still maintained the same sort of um, like working situation. You know, I had file folder that said the product boss, a file folder that said, you know, um little labels. It doesn't have to be a file folder, it could be a notebook each, but I liked inserting you know like sheets of paper or whatever else that I was doing. So because the thing is like every Friday or so, let's say, you need to kind of come back to see where to reassess. So because one will ultimately fall off in a lot of ways, because there's, there's going to be seasons where your businesses are going to differ. And then there will need to be some sort of ebb and flow to what you're working on for whatever business. So for example, like, let's say it's a really busy season for product business one, you know, and then product business two. Is not busy at that time. If you get into a rhythm, let's say every Friday, Financial Fridays, that you're looking at it and you're like, at a month's glance, uh, month's glance, this is where I'm at. Then it makes it a lot easier for you to maintain, um, n- not getting overwhelmed versus feeling like, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm pulled in two different ways. This is even harder if you have multiple kids, and you know you will always feel pulled and not know where you're supposed to lean towards.
0: Yeah. So I think some of the best practices that we would offer you is one, time management, right? I think that's going to include like setting really clear priorities. Like what are your goals for each business? Really staying true to that. Do you have like a roadmap or goal setting that you're doing um, to say like, what do I want to do with this business? What do I want to do with that business? Are they both in the same season? They have different seasons that they need different things. Um, So it's that priorities. And then I think what we touched on really quick was like delegating tasks, right? Like, can you Mm -hmm. get help? Can you delegate? Can someone else move the ball for you? Or is there even like technology that can help you streamline things, right? Like streamline operations. I know our multi-stream machine students, like we teach them different like inventory softwares inside and having like even an inventory software that kind of tracks your raw goods and then your like finished goods and you know when to reorder or not reorder. Um, we've even seen people use technology like Amazon. You can, you know how you can subscribe to products on Amazon. Yeah, um, people have had like toilet paper delivered every month. That's just set on auto subscription. So like, what do you need can you, that you can like automate? So, I think a big part that you're all gonna get stuck in as you're trying to juggle multiple things is again, if you're trying to do it all yourself, you can't, it's very hard to build them as successfully. So either one's gonna get your attention more
1: than the other, But I think as it should though. So when I said that, you know, the one will get more attention, you will need to prioritize the one that's making you more money financially. I think that that's where people get lost in it is that they're like, oh, I want, I'm not spending enough time over here. But if that is not meeting your financial goals as much as the other business in that moment, in that season of your business, then you, you need to learn how to prioritize So in when you have multiple businesses, there will be one that will need more attention, probably because it is making you more money, right? And I think that that's okay because the thing is your energy, where your energy goes will be where the money flows. And I don't think that you should split the energy if one is a passion project label it as a pr- passion project then and it's not going to make you as much money but in the world of having needing to make money contributing to your household if that's your ultimate goal is to hey I want to make sure that I'm making this certain amount of money per month um because you know I have these businesses and I need to financially impact my family, whatever it is, then you do need to prioritize one over the other. That's just business strategy and business sense right there.
0: Agreed. 100% agreed. And I think that's what happened with us, right? If if you're asking like for us, how we kind of manage multiple businesses. Okay, I'll go back to my multiples where designer consulting co-op was making half a million dollars a year. Cuff's Couture was a product, so it cost more money. I was able to do both because I had like a team that I split up for it. Um, but eventually Cuffs was not making as much money and was taking more. But also
1: I would say that during that time, you also had kids, you were bi-coastal, yes. so you were flying oh, them back and forth. It was a yeah. nightmare. So even taking into account like business or, or life, life, right? Right. So I don't think it was necessarily because when we first met, you were talking a lot about Cuffs Couture. I think that there was just much more resistance on that part because of your personal life than on the um, consulting one, which is easier in a lot of ways because it doesn't have inventory you have to move. Right, it didn't have like the cost associated. and Yes,
0: and shipping. So in that case, it was like, like you said, like it was like, what worked better for my life? What could I run that didn't cost as much? What could I do based on where my life was? I think when you and I came together and created the Product Boss, and it was a once a week thing, I have no idea when you and I switched <laughs> over. It was like this thing that we just woke up one day and, and you were like, Little Labels, what? And I was like, clients, who? Nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky that Little Labels that I established it enough where it was doing really well on Amazon, right? But when I first started, I was doing Amazon big box stores like um, Jet, which is no longer, they got bought out by Walmart. And I was doing Walmart. I even was selling on Sears for a little bit. Um you know, Zulily, what else? A bunch of flash deal sites. I mean, I was selling subscription boxes. I was selling in a lot of places. So when the product boss started to basically blow up and get bigger and bigger, my husband at that time, you know, he's working a full-time retail pharmacy job. I needed him to come help me in low labels He was the other partner, right? Yeah. Um, I needed him to come help me. And that was the way that I was able to kind of make it happen, was that he came in eventually. Before I was trying to juggle them both and not doing it very well at all. And so then he came, he now he runs um most of Low Labels and I focus on the product boss because financially, you know, it makes sense for us not to be both focused on. Low labels. And also because I enjoy the product boss and he has it covered and all those sort of things. So I think that, you know, knowing that, hey, this season looked like this and this season might look like that, where you are kind of shifting a little bit of priorities, but also like, what does it look like for personal life? Because at that time, what really sent me over the edge, I feel like, was working on low labels, working on the product boss, and also the then eventually the pandemic hit. He's a frontline worker. The kids are both at home, kindergarten and fifth grade. They're getting taught. And it was too much for me. Like I could not, you know, I needed something different to happen. He didn't even um retire from his um full-time pharmacy until 2021, May of 2021. So it was a long time for me to like brute force my way through it. But I do think that. I knew that eventually that that was my goal, and I was okay with that, and so was he, in the fact that there was going to be some shifting happening.
0: Have you? It's have you celebrated his yearly anniversary
1: of becoming a full time product boss? Um, not really. I cannot believe. Is it? Has it been a year two or two? It's
0: two <laughs> years. This is in this month so, when we're recording this. It's his two year anniversary.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it's been. Um, it's crazy. I, you I barely get him remember. A cake that
0: looks like a pill bottle
1: with a, <laughs> well, with a little label yeah. on it. Yeah, and like, he still does like the continued education and stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's still like pra- not he's not practicing it, but he's still licensed. So, um, yeah, I don't know if. Um, no, I know. I'm just. Like, I mean, I'm I know like, oh, that, that he loves right. it, yeah. but um, I don't know if he could ever see himself not being some at least a little bit of a toe dip into pharmacy. Hey friends, it's podcast recommendation time. This month, we've been loving the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast hosted by marketing expert, John Jance. He is such a genius when it comes to marketing. If you haven't listened to his podcast yet, he shares many insightful marketing tips, strategies, and resources for small business owners and marketers like you. It'll help keep your business growing. I like that he does it in a way that's both easy to understand and entertaining. He recently did an episode about AI tools, which we are obsessed, and you can use it as sort of research assistance to enhance what you're already doing, coming up with ideas and creating powerful marketing strategies, which we all know we could use more ease in our lives, right? It's a really interesting episode. He definitely knows how to open your mind up to new ways of doing things involving marketing and business strategies. Definitely give it a listen. Listen to Duct Tape Marketing, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey Product Boss, okay, this is for you. The other day we got a message from Lolly asking us if we had a referral for a great inventory management software to help track raw goods and on-hand products that were ready to sell. And you know what we told Lolly? We sure do. Not only do we have a resource for inventory management software, but we have over 308 other business tools and resources that will help you effectively run your product-based business. Now, this ranges from packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools, and so much more. You will have everything you need to grow your dream product business today and at no cost to you. Yep, this is totally free. And you can download the Product Boss Ultimate Resource Guide right now by heading to theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Again, that's theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Now back to the show.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Al Wayman, and I am owner and artist of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania. I create authentic handmade pottery on the treadle wheel and also manual fire in the gas kilns Um, i was first introduced to media and jacqueline and the product boss podcast by amy bennett of moxie dory i met her in one of the etsy groups and she recommended the show and the podcast and i signed up for multi-stream machine two years ago and i've been going through the modules uh kind of slowly and uh learning the community has been very supportive there are many businesses in there at many different stages. So we all try to help one another out, share our wins, go over our opportunity areas, and kind of encourage each other. So thanks so much to the Product Boss Women. Uh, I love the podcast and uh, couldn't have done it without you. Thank you very much.
0: So this is kind of moving this conversation forward is like, I, one day, I asked my husband this recently and I was like, am I still a fashion designer? It's like, if a fashion designer went to school for fashion, but doesn't design fashion anymore, are they still a fashion designer, right? Like if a tree falls Mm -hmm. in the woods and James is like, yes, like that's your skill. That's what I was hired for, you know, but I don't design apparel anymore. Like I give ideas, but then Mm -hmm. I have to think about, you know, if I was still working, like my friends that work at Nike or Abercrombie or Gap, um, they have moved up to being creative directors, so even they're not designing apparel anymore. Yeah. Right?
1: I, you know, I think you would probably be considered a multi-threat. You know how they say, like, triple threat. So, yeah. like, even though somebody's, like, trained in voice it, voice, and they're a singer, but they decided to do acting or dancing, that doesn't I'm mean they're not that, a singer like, anymore, yeah. you know?
0: I think, like, with your husband and, like, it's, like, that identity of what we went to school for. Yeah. And then, and or, if you have multiple businesses. so. I think one of our bits of advice to you is that one will probably end up doing better than the other. And typically, oh, for sure, <laughs> because, and my brother said this to me a really long time ago, he's like, you can't grow three or four businesses at the same time. Like you yeah. just can't do it. One is going to require more attention. And mm-hmm. you can get that to a point where then it's like running on its own or, but you will have to either hire a team or other people to help build it. So if you are really serious and you're a multipreneur,
1: and Mina and I are as well. You oh, need- gosh. I remember what I was going to my point and my husband re- retiring is now we're solely focused on Amazon. So you know how I listed off all the places that we were selling and it taking a whole lot of work from me, right? Amazon, but also Walmart, subscription boxes, flash deal size. Now, when he came in after that, he only focuses on Amazon, so as you can see, it was like, we had to keep the things that he wanted or that I wanted. So if you're mul- doing multiple businesses, it might be letting go of doing all the things for one of those businesses.
0: Yeah. Yes. So like, mm-hmm. is there something easier that you can get yes. going with
1: one of the businesses? Uh-huh.
0: Um, is there something that's already kind of set and established that you can lean into? Uh, I, Amazon does a lot of the fulfillment and the sales. For you,
1: it was fashion design. Yeah. that's what made me click to my brain like oh that was the that was the harder stuff the walmart the jet for subscription box for me you could do that stuff but what why would you
0: yeah i mean i get to use my creative brain in other ways now you know so maybe i'm not sitting here drawing sketches of gowns anymore which i used to i mean that took so much time so the honest truth here, though, friend who is a multipreneur, is that one is going to get more attention than the other. One is going to grow more or faster than the other. And eventually you may come to a point that you decide you're going to go all in on one. Another thing that we never talk about here, but you could always sell a business. So you could sell, like, let's say you've built both and one you're like kind of ready to get, get low, let go of. You could sell that to somebody else. Um, you have a lot of options. I, I closed down Cuff's Couture. If I think if I had a more uh, more of a community around me that's spoken this way, I could have sold it or at least tried. Um and then even Cuff's Couture, or no, sorry, Designer Consulting Co-op, which is my consulting business and the product boss, I stopped taking clients. So I had like two clients and that's all I worked with because I love them and I was growing their businesses. And then at a point I was like, you know, I people send me applications every week to work with me and I don't take the calls with them. And I'm full on into the product boss, right? And growing this thing. Now, there's been a couple instances lately that I've offered some one-on-one coaching um, opportunities to people in multi-stream machine in our community. Um, But that's because I chose to in that time, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is it's really hard to grow both at the same pace with the same drive at the same time. So you're going to have to pick at some point, what do you do with one of them?
1: Yeah. And I think that being a multipreneur is... Somewhat of a like a lifestyle in a lot of ways, so that doesn't mean that Jacqueline's never going to have another business, right? Or building one right now. Yeah, (laughs) you're building one right now, right? That doesn't mean that I'm not going to have another business, you know, outside of my two existing businesses, right? So as you can see, it's because you know when you start to learn how to kind of navigate having two businesses, three businesses, whatever it is, just like how some people are like, um, oh, now. I know how to run a product business. I'm going to start another one. Or now that I know how to invest in commercial real estate or um, or, or regular real estate, right? Homes or flipping them. I don't know. Um, then they buy their second house or the third house. So as you can see, like as those skill sets start to grow in you, you really become the one that gets to decide where your life is ends up and what you're doing in that, in that season of life. And I think that that's the thing too, is that knowing that a lot of it will be keeping the things that you want to do in your life and letting go of the others and being okay with the fact that one is ultimately probably going to make you more money financially leaning to that. And then, um, moving one step in one foot in front of the other always. Um, and knowing that it's not like a permanent, permanent decision all the time, you know, you being a, you know, own, business owner of multiple businesses might not be what it looks like forever, or it might be that you have three, it might be you have one, whatever it is. And I think that that is really helpful too.
0: Yeah. So I hope that this was helpful to those of you that either are already multipreneurs, that you have multiple businesses. Um, we have people who own brick and actually, this is a great example. We have people that own brick and mortars that also have. Um, oh wait, before we like wrap this, I actually, do have an example. It's a current student of ours and she has her own product business and she also has a brick and mortar gift shop and she sells her products in the gift shop, but she also buys products from other companies for the gift shop. Now she was talking to me and she's like, I can't do them both anymore. I think anyone out there that has a brick and mortar is like, it is so hard right now to hire
1: and retain people. And that's almost like time for time in ways where you find somebody else to put in the time with being present. Yeah, so she's like,
0: she's like so over it with people working at the retail shop and the cost of buying things and all the things. And she's just like, I don't know that I want that anymore. I think I'm just going to close it down and liquidate the store, which is kind of actually what I did with cuffs, which Mm -hmm. again, it could have gone a different way. So actually the suggestion I gave her, she's actually a mastermind of ours. So they get like access to us. Um, Suggestion I gave her was, what if you considered selling your store? like it is a local store. It's um, a brick and mortar. There are other people in the town that may want a boutique or a shop. What if you sold that and kept your product business and kept growing it online, like direct to consumer Mm -hmm. and um, on your website and all the things. And she's had never thought about that. And I was like, you could now you've built a business, you could sell it, you could make some money as you exit. And then as I said that to her, she's like, you know what? There's another gift shop in town that hates me because I have the first access to all the like really good brands. So she's got mm-hmm. that priority with the good brands, and she, she doesn't really hate her, but she's like annoyed that she can't get these good brands as well because this client of ours has it. This is like, and she's like, maybe she would want to buy it, and yeah. I was like, maybe she would, even for the inventory and the right. and having that. And
1: our other masterminder who owns the bakery—that's how she came upon the bakery. the bakery. It wasn't because she was a baker that happened to grow a bakery. It was that she bought that bakery with the existing equipment and decided she, that was what she was going to do Somebody for that was season selling of life. And she might eventually sell it again, right? Yeah.
0: So I think as we have these kind of like other conversations, as we've pulled up seats to this particular table of maybe a lot of us have never been exposed to this kind of conversation, I want you to think about what other options you have. So you can try and juggle them all. You can grow them to a point. And the big, big talk is you can exit, right? You can grow it and you can sell it. One, The baker had bought the bakery for 10 grand. It's a mobile mm-hmm. bakery. Bought it, I think, for like 10 grand. Um, really was just paying for the equipment and built the business from there. Didn't violate clientele and stuff. And then we have people that have built Amazon businesses that are listing them for like a couple million dollars, mm-hmm. right? We have one uh, multi-stream machine, or no, no, no. A uh, masterminder that plans on building her business. Was it 200 million?
1: sell it for 200 million, 500 million, 300 million. Some it, crazy it was, number that we can't even wrap our heads around. Yeah. i but well, I blacked out during that time. No, just
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, it's she, amazing. Has, she has <laughs> this amazing product business that she's grown to like her first million dollars, like working, you know, with us and working in the way that she works. And she's, her goal is to exit this company for a couple hundred million. So surround yourselves with people that are talking in this way, that are having conversations. These are the conversations we have in our communities and with our students um, to think differently and outside the box. So keep doing it, keeping a multipreneur. And then if it gets to the point that you decide one has outgrown on the other, I just want to wrap this with saying you do not have to just shut it down and liquidate, consider potential other options and one of them could be selling.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love that. All right. right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank
0: you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review.